podcast has bad words. <laughs> this is the Minimalist Private Podcast. What's up, patrons? Thank you for being here. Yes, we're we're here with, with Tyler Jones. Real name, no gimmicks. <laughs> Zero gimmicks at all. No, there's lots of gimmicks, I'd say. <laughs> uh, preachers and sneakers. I do want to talk more about, about the Instagram account. And um, also, it sounds like you have a book in the works. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk more about that. We're going to talk about some timeless trends today, mm-hmm. which is uh, oxymoronic, at least. <laughs> uh, but we start with this little segment called More About Less, where we read an article. But I have two articles here. We usually read a little snippet, but I think I want to read most of them uh, as, as sort of jump-off points. So after you started Preachers and Sneakers, you started getting bombarded by the media. Why yes. do you think that is? Several things, but I, I, I think the media loves a pastor controversy. I think it's probably pretty easy clicks and eyeballs to mm. say such and such pastor was called out for wearing $5,000 shoes. And or- this is different controversy from... The, most pastor controversies in the past have been actual controversies right, where, like where it's like they they embezzled funds right they slept with the secretary yeah, mm-hmm. they they um uh i don't know they brought, bought a private jet which is actually what you're doing is is in that same vein of yeah it, because the private jet thing seems um, universal it, it, what, well, i don't have one <laughs> like, like the, the idea that How that's ridiculous here <laughs> <laughs> the idea that it's ridiculous for a pastor to own a jet seems right. almost yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, um, yeah, but it to me, it uh, and we we were talking about this on the minimal episode, but like it doesn't seem absurd to me at all that Chad Veach or um, Erwin McManus wear nice shoes because I to me it that. It's not that they have to do it, but I think it helps them reach the people they're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And, and if so, and here, here's here's the argument I would have: in a way, they're being meta considerate. Um, and so the the way to, the way to yeah. be considerate is to be regular considerate, all the things you would do to be compassionate with those people. But if you want the if you want it to feel like an inclusive place. Do you make them change or do you change? Mm. And if if you realize that in a way, the way I can be considerate toward you is by mirroring the the the, the fashion in a way, mm. then maybe. And this is my most charitable explanation for all of this, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I was so intrigued when when these articles came out. Uh, my friend Adam, we can talk about this on Patreon here. He's uh, he's a pastor in Tennessee, um, and he runs a big church. But he's sort of the opposite of like he could definitely be. We, we went to high school with him. Mm-hmm. He could be a Chad Veach type. He's oh yeah. He's uh, a tall, attractive white male. Yeah. He's six five or something. <laughs> he speaks really well. He went to Harvard. Dang. And, and like pedigree. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And now he's in Tennessee in a small <laughs> town in Tennessee. Well, a medium sized city in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and and he has a large church, but he has no social media presence at all. Yeah. And. He got right when your whole account came out and these articles started coming out. He he's the one who sent it to me initially, and he had he had this uh, member of his church uh, who he was just trying to like start small talk with, and he said, "Hey man, nice shoes." And the guy had Yeezys on, and my friend Adam had doesn't know what Yeezys are, oh, right? Hey. And he he dresses well, but like. Coles well right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he could also pull Coles off he could pull like yeah. Colin Wright like he could wear anything yeah he'd tra- still be handsome he's attractive and you're, <laughs> right. like, oh, you're a Coles model <laughs> right exactly um, and and so he says looks at you, nice, not, nice shoes doesn't know what Yeezys are or whatever yeah. and then like the next week his friend uh, uh, 
or that 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 that, that member brings him a pair of them, right? No way, dude. Yeah. Oh wow. And as a gift. Yeah. And it's the same week that these articles hit. That's crazy. And he's like, well, I guess I can just look at these at home. I, he's like, I don't. I would have worn these, but now I feel like I can't wear them. Yeah. So, uh, it, so let's let's talk about that a little bit because I want to get into these articles as well. Someone like him who's just like, I, it would be. It's actually now he has to he has to be inconsiderate mm. because he doesn't want to sort of project this image, right? It, yeah. yeah. And that was something I didn't understand was happening at all. Like. Growing up in the South, I had a very kind of narrow experience with church and pastors. I had no idea there were all these, you know, pastors on the coast that were hanging out with celebs and getting gifted amazing things. Hit pastors, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I've talked with some of these guys, and uh, the gift thing makes sense to me. So Chad, mm-hmm. Judah, Carl, all those guys, Justin Bieber's pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Bieber changed, seemingly changed his life around and those guys are the ones that helped lead him through it. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of brought up in support of their position saying like, don't you think Justin Bieber would shower these guys with gratitude yeah. and gifts and everything? And so what is the gracious thing to do? Do you say, no, I don't want this because people on Instagram are going to hate on me? Or is it like, thank you? Like in, like when somebody gives you a compliment, the best thing to do is to say thank you and not right. kind of justify it or, or oh, it's a gift or whatever. Um and so I at least understand that. Yeah. And but it's the same thing I think with the BMW just at a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Like you do have to decide the type of image that you're going to portray. And I have never said that you shouldn't own these things. No. I have always just said, "Hey, the pictures that these guys have posted, here are the shoes that how much yeah. they're worth." What are you promoting? What are you promoting? And also I was wrestling with it too. Like it was never my intent for me to be like, these guys are heretics. They should never wear this type of thing on stage. I was just like, why do I feel this way? But that's how it can come off to some people, right? Right. No. Yeah. And that's what the media and all the commenters, like people with past hurts with the church and past hurts with people taking advantage of tithes and offerings kind of made it that. Mm -hmm. And I had to be in the middle to say, Oh, I understand both sides of this mm-hmm. now, and so I've kind of tried to sit in the middle with it. Um, what I love about the you've created a, a, a Banksy painting that also allows comments on it in a way, <laughs> and and the comments are often far more. Uh, it's, it's what you were saying earlier. Remember what you were saying about about Kanye West during the minimal episode. We, we you said you know he's playing four D chess or whatever, uh-huh. like. I don't think he is actually, but I, I think that that in retrospect it can it can look that way, mm-hmm. and uh, the same could be said. You know, you could like it, thankfully you're honest about this whole thing, but you could say, well, this entire time my intention was to to create this art project that spurred artistic conversation, right? And it, in in retrospect, that's what it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, Ryan and I have stumbled our way to this this level of success. We we were really happy the first month we started the Minimalist, which was ten years ago this year. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. We started theminimalists.com. Fifty two people visited our website, and it was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. fifty two people. People are yeah. sending us emails like, man, thanks so much for this story. You guys yeah. are great. Best yeah, you were two thirty year old guys at the time, mm-hmm. and and fifty two people. Now you got to realize, I spent most of my twenties ostensibly successful in the corporate world, but I felt like a failure because I had written fiction throughout my entire 20s and no one ever read any of it. It hadn't <laughs> been published anywhere. The only people who read it were agents who told me no. Yeah. 
And now 52 people were saying yes. Mm -hmm. And that was like this amazing uh, revelation in a way. And, and so now, in retrospect, I go back and say, well, the whole time, what Ryan and I saw is 52 readers were going to turn into 500, and then that would be 5,000 and yeah. 5 million, et cetera. And, and no, the truth is, like, we found a way to, that we, we created something that resonated with some people. They shared it, and that's what happened with you. Exactly. People mm -hmm. started sharing what, what and, and, and that's a weird thing because Instagram doesn't lend itself to virality the same way that a Twitter or Facebook does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the people actually had to, they, my, my friend Adam, he texted me and he said, hey, you got to check this out. Yeah. Um, because we, he and I have conversations like this all the time uh, about you know, consumption, consumerism, but also there's something about aesthetic beauty. And I think the problem is we, we mistake the logos and the brands for aesthetic beauty. And it's possible to have something that's aesthetically beautiful. You know, it's the, the reason that, that you know, Rob Bell has this thing about um, be, uh, beauty is actually is, is very important because you know, even in nature, the bees are attracted to fl the beautiful flowers, right? Mm -hmm. they, the beauty actually has a function in real life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there is a, a, an aesthetic surface level thing, but that actually serves some other sort of deeper purpose within us. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we're also being charitable to the people who are wearing you know, streetwear or whatever, it's a shortcut to, to, to it's signal that you're part of this community. I'm yeah. unique just like everyone else in my community, yeah. right? But it's also a way, it, it, it's also a way to, to do the Sunday best thing. Um, in, in a prog it's a progressive version of that where, ooh, Nowhere in, in, in these sort of um, you know, books, whether it's the Bible or, or any other re religious text, mm -hmm. are they talking about you, the, the sport coat and the tie you have to wear? Yeah. Nor are they talking about you know, the, the sneakers you're supposed to wear, right? right? Or the mm -hmm. iPhone that you... Right. Yeah. The, the, these are, these are, are human you know, traditions and beliefs that we have, we have come up with. In fact, during the minimal, we had that question from Brian about how do we get in touch with our own personal style so that we don't fall in, uh, for the tricks and manipulations from advertising. My, my actual answer to that is personal style doesn't exist. Hmm. Uh, I, I believe there's only mimetic style. Mm. And, what is that word? Um, uh, so it, it means that like the, the beliefs of the people around you will, it will, will uh, inform your own personal beliefs because okay. if you were on a, a des desert uh, or deserted island all by yourself right you're not going to be yearning it, quarantine has proved this already we, you, the the there's less of the, the sort of street wear because mm -hmm. it, while you're at home now the yeah. funny thing is ryan and i dress the same way during quarantine <laughs> than if we, than if we weren't on quarantine true story yeah now i do have a pair of like Shorts I usually don't wear out, but <laughs> like pajama <laughs> shorts. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's uh, a good uh, comparison to make. Like you're, you're not wearing a belt on a deserted island. Right. right unless yeah. it's like the pants, unless it's completely functional. Right. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, thing to think about is like the whole concept of beauty. Because, you know, if you believe in a God that created everything, of course he created beauty and the concept mm -hmm. of like what's aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't you want, like, wouldn't you want to elevate the thing that he created um yeah. if you believe in that yeah um it's interesting though because he but he didn't create like the lv you know you right. know like it's a it's a it's there's a, such a, a weird line discussion it really is well because like you look at yeezys and 
you know, <clears throat> when I think about Yeezys, it's like, yeah, how do they look aesthetically? Now, like, I look at all these, you know, fancy sneakers that people go crazy for, and I feel like I personally couldn't pull off, like, 99.9% yeah. of those so sneakers. Same. Yeah. Well, so aesthetic over 30. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so aesthetically, it's like it wouldn't make sense for me because they're not beautiful, So which tells me that the name is what says something. It signifies something. Yeah, it signifies that those are expensive shoes but then also like what are Yeezys about uh so then you look at Kanye West and you're like okay so what is what is Kanye West about I mean yeah. th- there is a way to um I don't know promote something good with expensive shoes but what like specifically with Yeezys like what is that promoting yeah. I mean it, I will it, say they are very comfortable I don't own any okay yeah. I've, I've resold a few and tried them on and uh they're very comfortable okay but he uh, it took a long time for people to come around on the design, or at least for the average person to give him a chance. Like mm. at first, when he came out with at least his first couple models, people were like, "What are these? <laughs> what are those?" Uh, the yeah. hype beasts were into it, but the um, kind of the average person, it took a while for them to come around on them. And now mm. there, there's so many in in production that it's a lot easier to get them. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it took a little. Well, that's most trends, right? Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. let me ask you that. So, so with the the signaling. Um, is it the same thing as tricking someone in a way? So like, mm. like if I'm if I'm wearing the the eight hundred dollars sneakers, am I tricking you to say, well, we share similar values or similar beliefs or whatever? If everyone who goes to the 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 church back in the day that all was wearing suits and dresses or whatever, mm-hmm. was that a way for us to say, well, we all have the same beliefs and value system yeah and then if that if today is just an updated version of that mm-hmm. and if so is that is that a is it devious in a way yeah yeah and it it speaks to the whole macro idea of like how much consumerism has in, invaded church culture like what yeah. do we do with this whole idea that you have to look a certain way or that you have to or that your attendees or your congregants dress all kind of the same way like mm. you know there's a, a type of person that goes to Hillsong in New York City and then there's a type of person that goes to Zoe in, in LA uh, it's an interesting discussion in, in way, yeah. I also find that they that these places are accepting of everyone uh, the 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 place now whether the the entire congregation is obviously yeah it's, it's not there's there's always going to be bad people wherever you wherever you go i would think unless they are aggressive about getting those people out we just mm-hmm. talked about dave ramsey earlier the one the thing i love most about their company they have a thousand employees there mm-hmm. a thousand employees in this giant beautiful building and they have a zero strike policy on gossip if you're caught gossiping there they fire you on the spot you're wow. done and it ha- let me tell you this that one thing, there's all these other principles they live by as well, but that one thing creates one of the best work environments. I've never been around, I've never been in any sort of corporate structure that is even 10% as good as the the community that they have built there. Yeah. And I'm wondering, at, at a place like Zoe or, or, or you know, wherever, um, if you go there, it, it's accepting of you, even if you don't aren't wearing the you know sort of approved garments. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people are searching for. I mean, as we've talked about before, people have been burned by church culture and religion and being, you know, living in their parents' beliefs. And mm-hmm. so, of, uh, you know, a lot of these churches that do kind of over-index, maybe not even over-index, but have, prioritize accepting everyone and being kind of more fluid in, in how they 
perform church is super attractive to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I think, a very good strategy for building up a congregation. Yeah. Now, then it it opens up the discussion like, all right, should you sell your book to that congregation that you've so built Using. If they get value from it, why wouldn't you want to sell your book to that congregation? Mm-hmm. If, right. it's, if you feel like it's going to add value to their life, um, wouldn't in a weird way, wouldn't you be doing them? A, you'd be you'd be meta inconsiderate by not giving them that that knowledge. Yeah, I know, and it's something I struggle with. But because I agree, like I'm writing a book, I want, I think it'll add value to people's lives, and I want to sell it. it it's the ties and donations thing is what really messes with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Totally agree. Uh, and messes with a lot of people how there's that distinct like, all right, at some point my donations were adding to either growing this congregation or funding your actual salary. And now you have the chance to write a book and sell it to the congregation that you've built that I donated to help build. And yeah, you don't take a salary, but now you're seemingly getting rich off of it. A lot of people have an issue with that. And I don't have an answer for it. Mm -hmm. I just, I want to be kind of like Irwin. Irwin calls himself an iconoclast and that's a word yeah. that I just learned. I want to be about that. Ask like challenging the status quo because for a long time this has just been accepted. At least the past mm-hmm. 10 or 15 years this kind of model of of uh, being very attractive, being very hip, being very welcoming of everybody. Mm-hmm. I at least want to ask the question of like is this the best way to do it? Is mm-hmm. this the best way to distribute good ideas? Is you know, having these guys go to speaking tours at all their buddies' churches, is that the best way to do it? Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people think that I'm being sinister about it or I'm being a douchebag. And I really honestly want to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. And as I'm sure you've experienced, like having a platform, you can't, you can't explain your intent to everyone all the time. Like people are going to well, mischaracterize. No. We used to you. try though. Like we, like with, <laughs> we did with, uh, with the Patreon stuff, for example, we used to be like, Hey, here's what we do with the Patreon money. Yeah. And at our events, people would get up to the microphone. And they'd be like, Hey, I'm a Patreon supporter. I just want to let you know, stop talking about what you do with the money I give you. I don't care what you do with the money that I give you. I give it to you because That's I want to support your guys's work. Yeah. So I, you know, the same thing, with uh, the ties and donations, it bothers me too to see a preacher like, oh, I'm using your ties and donations to buy these Yeezys. Let's say that they're not gifted, that a preacher actually bought them. Um, you know, the the congregation gets to decide whether or not they want to continue to give to that preacher. So yeah, like personally, I wouldn't give. Like when I see pastors on television with jets, mm-hmm. I'm like, are you freaking kidding? Like how in the That's world? Heinous. Yeah, like how in the world? Yeah. Can I, they, I can, can the they have a follow? Yet. Yeah, how can they have a following of people though that are like, Yes, Never you know questioning what? It. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, you know what? I give him money because he adds value to my life, and I don't care that he's buying jets with it. Like for me, it's about accessibility. Let me ask and you I, this though. Let, uh, let me play devil's advocate. Sure. Um, Tony Robbins has a private jet. Okay, and but he, but but he's not representing. Okay, so let me finish what I was going to say. Okay. So uh, for, for me, it's about accessibility because when you think about religion, Christianity specifically, you look at Jesus, who is like you know that is the original Christian, right? So that is what Christianity. Technically, sh- he was Jewish. <laughs> that is what. That's a shocker for some people listening to this. That is what. That is and what. Not uh, white. Right. That is. What, how dare you? <laughs> Bleep that out, Sean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with with Jesus, the thing that I like most about his story is how accessible he was. You know, everyone looks at Jesus and thinks like, "Oh, that's that's me," and I can work to be like. Jesus, where when I see a pastor with a private jet, 
it's putting they're putting themselves on a pedestal. So that's the the, the problem that I have with it personally is that uh, when you know when you're looking to someone for religious advice, you should yeah. be, you should be able to aspire to be like them. Uh, not have them on a pedestal and, and like feel like you can never obtain what what they have. Does that make sense? Yes, but let me so, say all right. this. Okay, so let's say let's say Jesus came back tomorrow. Okay. Um, okay, so we're talking about hypotheticals. What if hypotheticals didn't exist? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so let's say he came back tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And. He came in on a private jet. Wouldn't you want him to have a private? No, seriously, wouldn't you want him to have a private jet? Jesus? Like, yeah, so he could get to as many people as possible. I, yeah. I, 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 you know what I'm saying. I do. Tyler. As far as distribution. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, if you believe he's God, then he wouldn't need a jet. Exactly. But no, Okay, but he's he's also in the flesh, right? So like, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's say that he's still, he's still bound by most physics and occasionally yeah. can perform magic tricks that defy yeah. physics, just like David Blaine. Just um, like mm-hmm. and and so <laughs> David Blaine went. He fasted longer than Jesus. <laughs> um, He's so, got the record. So let's. But wouldn't you? You would then say like it actually makes sense for the for this guy to have a, a private jet. In no, fact, you know what's funny is that you what, would go out of your way no. if you really believed that that um, this was Jesus and you wanted to get the message out to more people. Like I would do everything I could then to like make sure he had a private jet. Yeah, personally, though, I mean that's where it comes down to perspective. Like I would not want Jesus to have a private jet just like i don't want a preacher that i'm supporting to have a private jet tony robbins you brought up i mean he doesn't represent jesus christ like he's he's not advertising jesus he's a christian though sure but but he is but he is very affluent uh he's all about opulence and that's what he promotes he promotes opulence well so let's talk about prosperity gospel then okay um so you did that episode with kate Mm-hmm. And I think you and I... What is prosperity gospel? Uh, so Let's explain that. Explain prosperity gospel. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's basically this belief that what you put in to your faith or your religious beliefs, God will uh, reward you with health, wealth, okay. power, fame, whatever yeah. whatever you see as a blessing. So God is uh, giving you payment for your service, essentially, yeah. or for the, your beliefs. The, the OG prosperity gospel was the Pope. Um, I mean, you think about like the it, go to the Vatican. That mm. is prosperity, yeah. ga- prosperity gospel sort of personified. All gold, everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so the the more modern version of that, the I think Kate called it like the softer version, like the yeah. the Joel Osteens. Yeah, he's the easiest target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you have other people like who's the the guy who looks like Satan? Um, oh who yeah, has several plan- yes, Copeland, the guy yes. with the jets. Yes, yeah, yes, several jets. Oh, his inside edition. I that couldn't pass pain- up. It was painful. Oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. Don't you say that? <laughs> Don't you say that? And apparently, he's worth like half a billion or so wow yeah and so like what we're really talking about are gradations hmm. of that we we look at kenneth copeland and we say gross right, right. and and again w- judgment is but a mirror that reflects the insecurities of the person who's doing the judging so yes. when i say gross i'm saying man if i live like that i would feel really gross i couldn't about live with myself if i was copeland yeah. right oh. right um i look at uh, Chad Veach. So he's the only person who's responded, I, I believe. I have yeah. that in my notes here. At least publicly uh, on Instagram. So yeah. Chad Veach runs a church here in Hollywood um, called Zoe. And uh, I'm actually trying to get him on the podcast. He has a new book coming out. So I want to talk. It's called Help I Work With People. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and, and I think he's really inspirational. Like, w- with respect to... He's a great communicator, yeah. right? And There's no denying that. I mean, right. Objectively 
is great at what he does. And and so you posted a picture of him. Uh, what what was he wearing in that? Uh, the one that he responded to, he was there. He was wearing those eight hundred dollar or maybe nine hundred dollar rude sweatpants, and uh, he had a Gucci backpack that was worth like fifteen hundred or two thousand bucks. Is that the one where he? Commented and then deleted it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Changed his Instagram handle. and then changed his Instagram handle to pretend that like it wasn't him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's which what, that's says what a lot. That's on what its we're own. assuming, right? It says a lot about what you're saying is that's what I would do. Yeah. No. No. I'm saying I'm judging as if I were to do that. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I would not do that, but if I did do that, how would I feel about myself? Right. Yes, right. right. He may have changed the Instagram handle. Like again, trying to be charitable. Uh, we have a frequent guest on our podcast named TK Coleman, who I'd love to actually get on your podcast. He's phenomenal. Awesome. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, son of a pastor as well. Um, but he son of a preacher, man. He always <laughs> has me look at things from a charitable point of view. Yeah, yeah. I think like, it's like, probably a good default. And mm-hmm. and when I look at that, I'm like, well. Chad Veach at Chad Veach is way better than at Chad C Veach, right? It's like when yeah. Twitter gave me at JFM instead of at Joshua Milburn. Mm-hmm. Like I jumped on the opportunity to have at JFM, right? Yeah, it's pretty and, sweet. And and so like, if it happened to coincide with some thing that I did, like yeah, I could see how people would be like, "Look, he changed his Twitter handle as soon as he." He commented on my post. Yeah. I like this charitable approach. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, and just, the media loved that. I mean, obviously yeah. they they ate that narrative. Oh yeah. Because well. I'm repeating the narrative. That's where I got that narrative from. Yeah. Was the media? Yeah. 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 And so so you have someone like like Chad Veach who responded to you, and what did he say? He basically said, "You know what's funny? Everything I'm wearing in this pic, I got for free. The uh-huh. jewelry, the hat, the shoes, the pants, everything. Yeah. Is that wild to you? That's wild to me." Thanks for the shout out, though. You're a blessing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, I was respond. I mean, this was kind of right at while things were getting real hot and things were going out of control. And so I was responding to messages and stuff. People calling me, you know, divisive and terrible and oh. uh, soul killing. Oh. And so I missed his comment initially. And so people started messaging me. Oh, did you see what Chad said? Oh, did you see what Chad said? And I went back and I started typing out a response like, dude, yeah, that is wild. But then he deleted it and mm. then changed his name. And then it caused this whole other thing, other thing yeah. that made it seem i think it's actually a good comment though i mean it is a good comment and that's helpful to know the context Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was my thing before it's like none of us had any context Mm -hmm. um and one thing i regret about it was that i had screenshot his comment or maybe somebody sent me the screenshot and at the time i didn't i didn't see how serious everything was i was like into the hype i liked people that were fo- like i was getting thousands of followers an hour yeah. and i was like oh this is awesome i'm just keep everybody loves what i'm posting and i reposted that that comment and said oh would you define yourself as mad bro just kind of like stirring the pot and mm. looking back i wish i wouldn't had to d- had done that just mm-hmm. because that that wasn't my heart when it wasn't in a good place mm. and i hope to meet him one day and like just say sorry about that even though like I probably shouldn't have been so sensitive about people getting upset about them now having followers know that they have $2,000 backpacks, but the kind of person I am wants to make people happy and I want everyone to like me. And so, uh, that's one like instance we're looking back. It's like, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've now since lost the train of thought that I was going down. <clears throat> well, we were trying to talk about prosperity gospel, right? <laughs> yes. So, so let's, let, let me, let me just redefine this. So, Prosperity gospel, we often look at it as though it is 
grotesque because of the Kenneth Copelands of the world. But I think if we were to redefine what the word prosperity means, and I think ultimately that's what Ryan and I are trying to do. Talk, we talk to people about how to re- live a meaningful life, or you could also say a rich life hmm. with less. Now, rich for us doesn't mean having more money in the bank. We're not allergic to money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy to make an income. Um, I also know what is enough for me now. And, and that's a different thing from, from before where it was just like more followers, more whatever. Like even our Patreon account, we have a, a capped amount of people who can support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Something we've chosen to do personally because we've, we've identified what is enough. That's super classy. Um, well, I mean, and we'll, we'll see how, how it continues yeah. to work, right? And, and by the way, enough changes over time. Like if we were to hire a third person because we really needed a third person, then it would make sense to, to change that, right? Yeah. And, but we've identified like, okay, it was like 5,900 or whatever the, the number was, was the 6,200, whatever it was, was the, the enough number. And then you know, that allows us to pay Sean and Jordan and Jessica. And, and you know, we have a good small team and pay ourselves as well. And, and, and not do any sort of advertisements along the way. Yeah, that's outstanding. Well, I don't want to be beholden to other people because where we are right now, we hear about all this cancel culture and everything mm. else. Like, you can't cancel me. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, yeah. and so what are you going to do, pull my advertising? Like, right. okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Netflix could come to us and say, well, we're not going to do Okay, okay like I'll just put it out elsewhere. Like we've done that before. Like it's not a, a big deal to me, right? Right, that's, that's um, what we would do anyway if it yeah. wasn't for Netflix. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and so... What we what we're talking about here is how do you live a rich life, and if we redefine prosperity, mm-hmm. then I'm all for prosperity gospel, hmm. right? Uh, um, but right now it seems to me that 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 prosperity gospel has outside of that that small segment it has a, a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but don't. It almost se- it seems silly that it has a negative connotation when we step back and say, well, of course we want to be prosperous. Yeah, We've just identified the wrong things that we think are going to make us prosperous, and those things are actually going to get in the way of our prospering. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just had a history of abuse and embezzlement and yeah. you know misuse. And so that exact term has generally aligned itself with sow a seed, name it and claim it, while these guys and girls get rich. I mean, I'm not saying the Chad Veaches of the world are doing that. No. Uh, Mark, that's the Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I don't know if he's prosperity. He was just kind of a jerk from what I, <laughs> from, I mean, I think that's what he got in trouble for. I, I can't remember mm, exactly. I, I think it was, it was a money thing, but yeah. Oh, what, well, yeah. Uh, I know he had some like questionable publishing practices as far as buying his own books back and stuff right. for oh. New York Times Genius. stuff. Yeah. Y- using congregations money to buy his own books. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what um, he was accused of allegedly. But I agree. I mean, all of us are trying to live in a way that we're okay with, like that we wake up and like our lives and want to take care of the people that we love and want to help others and accept others and help end injustice and poverty and terrible things in the world like yes like the actual definition of prosperity i would say is that it depends on how you define it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a whole still a whole culture of churches and people that are going to these churches that are buying into this atm god bullshit mm. that says i donate a hundred dollars he's going to give me a hundredfold back no matter what yeah. and so like when i talked to kate 
that's why I got so emotional talking to her because she lives in this world where she's got stage four colon cancer mm. and has never had her blessing or had her miracle happen and it might never come. Yeah. And then what do you do with your theology if you right. believe that God is going to heal me of this cancer mm-hmm. and he never does, mm-hmm. then uh, then your theology has a real test there. And so that yeah. that's what gets me so fired up. I just can't stand it when people use uh, God's name as an ATM and in turn they're buying multiple jets off of it yeah it seems that seems wrong to me right and what we're just what we're talking about though is with the shoes or whatever it's just a gradation of that so i want to read some of these articles because i Mm -hmm. think they they will spur some additional conversations here let's start with the vice one yeah Uh, can i say something real quick go for it on the uh on this on on the thought that you give x and then god's going to give you x back it's so funny how and at least with jehovah's witnesses um it's so with my dad, we were having a conversation where he was like, you know, you left the truth because, you know, of course they call it the truth. You left the truth. And, uh, you know, that's now you're in Satan's world. And I'm like, well, dad, if you look at my life right now, like I've, I've actually never been happier and I feel very good about who I am. In fact, I've never lived a better life. In fact, you can look at the blessings that I have and you could say like, God, yeah, like God is actually blessing me for doing what I'm doing. And he looks at it and he goes, oh, well, you know, it's possible for Satan to bless you though. And it makes no sense to me. So I'm like, okay, dad, so let me get this straight. If you're Jehovah's Witness, God will bless you. He's like, yeah. I said, but I'm looking at your life and you've lost your business. You went bankrupt, your house burnt down. Um, So God isn't blessing you. He's like, well, Satan can test you. I'm like, well, the Bible says Satan doesn't, or that God doesn't test you, but okay, Satan will test you. This but, is a version of prosperity gospel right, in a way, right? Right, exactly. So, so, so I left the organization, and uh, if I wasn't doing well, you would say that God removed the blessings. He's like, yeah. I'm like, but since I'm doing well, you're saying that Satan is now giving me the blessings. But this is like the mental nejitsu yeah. that frustrates me with religion so much. And this is the, the like part of my uh, trauma that I have with Jehovah's Witnesses is because that the uh, the idea of the prosperity is um, it, it it can work for or against your argument. It's I, I don't know. Yeah, people yeah. love their formulas. I mean, I would love a formula to like get a better life. And Kate even talked about it. Like we are obsessed with our formulaic response to life, yeah. and certain things just can't be explained. Right, and that's like <laughs> why she really wants to. At the end of the podcast, she was talking about, I want to create language or get deeper language to talk about things that can't be explained and it's okay. Yeah. Living in the middle is what she kind of talked about. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, totally I, I just appreciated that perspective so much. And, Amen. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to the let's Vice article. Let's dive into this. Oh, this is uh, from Vice. When an influential pastor becomes an hashtag influencer. Which is a word that I absolutely hate. There's, there are a couple of words I hate that are that are newer words. Uh, influencer is one. Uh, I'll just say this. Here's something pithy for the show notes, Sean. I've never been influenced by an influencer. I would rather be influential than an influencer. There's another one Dang, for double you. Double pithy. Um, <laughs> uh, and the other word is content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the word content was never. We didn't use it how we use it now. Mm. The, the word content. <laughs> We we say content creators. Got, I think content, that's worse to me than content is content creator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, I, here's the thing about content is I don't want to I don't want to create content. Right. I want to produce meaningful creations. I'm much mm-hmm. more it, it, because content presupposes like I need to put something else out there. You yeah. could just tweet yelling all caps. 
Right. That's, a, that's content. I have to put something out there no right. matter what. I need to fill in the gaps with mm-hmm. content. There are no gaps. It's a noisy place. <laughs> I feel like yes. the show Jackass was like the original content, content creation. creation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Uh, and so... Here, so, Steve, hold this while I hit you with a sledgehammer. <laughs> uh, so so I don't want to create content. I, I want to produce something that's meaningful that hopefully that someone will, will get value from. Yeah. And... and if that's what people mean by content, then I'm fine with it. It's just been, you know, I, I've, I hear so many people now to talk about being a content creator. Yeah. It, and when you think about when if I were to ask the average person when they talk, when I say, when they say they're a content creator, I, I would say, what does that mean? And yeah. I don't think they'd be able to answer it well, very well. What's yeah. interesting, I think of like BuzzFeed when I think of content creation. And, and this isn't a knock against Bud, BuzzFeed because like they do what they do and they've written some really great articles and things about us, uh, probably some negative stuff too. But that's just it. Like BuzzFeed will be like the 50 best ways you can declutter your closet. And then it'll be like the 50 best ways you could stop being a minimalist. Like it's always, it's, it's just a farm. It's yeah, a content farm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the problem. It is, it is truly a content farm. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it is, they're, they're, only objective is to aggregate eyeballs onto their their site or ads or whatever because it it more eyeballs more ads more revenue etc so this is from vice when an influential pastor becomes a hashtag influencer and the subtitle here is a new instagram account tracking the luxury clothes favored by celebrity pastors begs the question what and for whom are they actually selling Hmm. i i the term celebrity pastor is a fascinating one for mm-hmm. me because these people aren't actual celebrities. Joel Osteen is maybe the the exception to that. But I don't calling Chad Veach a celebrity is like calling Ryan Nicodemus a celebrity. Sure. Like Yeah, it's got multiple like it, it either means they are a celebrity in their own right or they are pastor to celebrities. And people kind of mm-hmm. use that term for both. Okay. So they they could either yes. be uh Justin Bieber's pastor or they could be Famous for being a pastor, like Joel Osteen or I would uh, Carl Lentz. It might be a celebrity pastor. Like TMZ will stop him, yeah, and ask yeah. him stuff. Yeah, I read his book. Um, on the moment, on the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another really good looking dude. Mm. Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the last five years, Pentecostal Christianity has become one of the most popular religions in Hollywood, thanks to devotees like devotees like Selena Gomez, Chris Pratt, and the Karda- the Kardashians, and most notably. Justin Bieber. Celebrities and celebrity-obsessed millennials have been flocking to megachurches like Hillsong in New York and Zoe Church in Los Angeles. These youth-focused Christian rock concert-style services have been so popular that their leaders have gained their own kind of celebrity status. Preachers like Carl Lentz, Hillsong, Chad Veach, Zoe Church, Judah Smith, Church Home in Seattle, and Rich Wilkerson Jr., Vu Church in Miami, all have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and regularly appear in paparazzi photos with Bieber and other Jesus-following celebrities. And these preachers look like celebrities. Since Hillsong launched in the United States in 2010, journalists have often noted the leader's devotion to designer goods. Now, a new Instagram account is reigniting the debate about materialism in evangelical churches and putting many popular pastors on the defensive. That's exactly why I wanted you here today, because Ryan and I, we hope to reignite the debate around materialism. Yeah. Here's the thing. 
people will often ask like, well, who's your target audience there? And it'd be easier for me to say like, well, everyone, I think anyone would benefit from minimalism. Mm -hmm. That might be true. Mm -hmm. but if we're talking about being more intentional with your limited resources, yeah, of course anyone would benefit from that, sure. right? Um, but who who's the actual audience? Well, I think about 80% of people are are okay with the status quo. Yes. And you know what? They're probably not our ideal audience. There's 20% of the people who are unhappy with the status quo. Yeah. And about half of them, so 10% of people are willing to do something about it. Mm -hmm. That's the people that I want to reach. Yes. The people who are dissatisfied by the status quo and are also willing to do something about it yeah. in yeah. their own life. Mm -hmm. And so you, by creating this account, you have sparked a conversation that as you said, makes you start questioning the pastors or whatever. But my hope is that by people following you, they start looking at themselves yeah. mm -hmm. and asking those same questions. Because it's far more important. I don't care what Carl Lentz wears. Yeah. I right. care what I wear though. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's a question we need, we need to be asking. Yeah. Uh, last month, an anonymous 29 year old who goes by the pseudonym Tyler Jones started the account at Preachers and Sneakers. Jones, who lives in Texas and is himself a member of the evangelical church community, has used the account to catalog the high-priced items celebrity pastors are wearing on the pulpit. Posts showing Wilkerson, who has 580,000 Instagram followers, wearing 995 Fear of God sneakers. Veach, 237,000 followers. This is old because mm -hmm. these guys probably all have all millions, have millions of followers. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> so Veach wearing uh, $1,045 St. Laurent boots and Smith wearing $980 Gucci pants quickly gained attention. Here's the fascinating thing. I've noticed ever since this happened, Judah Smith has toned down things Absolutely. significantly. Oh, yes. wow. So he has... In a way, he has used this as, so Ryan and I delineate criticism from feedback. Mm -hmm. So criticism doesn't help. Criticism gives us the problem. It, it hands us, us yeah. the problem. Here's a, here's a bucket full of problems. And you suck. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> we, also, we, we don't call them trolls. We call them seagulls because yeah. they fly over, they shit, shit on, on you and fly away. Right. And then they just fly and, away. And, so, yeah. and they stink. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. and, and, but feedback... It's the reason I love our Patreon audience so much. They'll give us feedback. I don't always agree with it, yeah. but it presents the problem, but also gives some sort of solution in a way. Right. Um, and you know they're coming from an invested place. Yes. They're, it's not a it's not a, a judgment that they're just you know driving by and throwing at us. It's like they're invested in what we do. So even if it does appear as criticism, it's it's I still would consider it feedback because they're way more invested in it than someone who just comes across a tweet. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think in a way your account has been a lot of indirect feedback, not just from you directly, but obviously through the the comments and everything. Mm -hmm. Um and maybe you've noticed this across the board with with all pastors. Like you have you've actually changed that whole landscape in yeah. a way. Well, you give you've given them a mirror, which is good. Yeah, my ego really likes that yeah uh but i i have plenty of criticism that says why wouldn't you do this in private mm. to these guys oh. because it probably wouldn't have been as effective well yeah, yeah that that for sure and i kind of backed into the feedback at all because yeah. at first i was like I'm, these, these guys are never going to see me they're not going to hear me they're right. never going to like i'm just making a joke about how ridiculous this is that these guys are wearing a thousand dollar shoes and they're mm. preaching right um but I had to back into that. It's like, oh, like there is some real feedback here. There is some real critique or criticism, depending on how you define mm -hmm. it. I don't think I've done that perfectly. Like I, I absolutely could have tried to message them, but I also at the time didn't have a, I didn't have an actual like solution. Yeah. I just said, I guess, the, I guess the feedback is at least consider 
the image that you're portraying while you represent the God that you're preaching about. Yeah. And for a long time, uh, I, that just wasn't a priority. And I think at least in the Christian world, we do a pretty bad job of considering what we post. Uh, I think that we, as long as we're not doing a keg stand or we're like wearing soup, something super scandalous or something, that's, that's about the only lens that we put on, uh, things that we should or shouldn't post as Christians. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's another level that says, Hey, am I causing somebody to envy my life? Or am I causing somebody to, um, stumble to use Christianese? Uh, Mm. and that hasn't been a consideration for a lot of people with social media. It just seems like a, uh, it's less serious than maybe some of the more divisive issues. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it is, it has been a mirror but to your point earlier, I do hope that people in the comments realize that they're awful quick to judge and probably aren't living out the things that they want these pastors and preachers to do. So the, one of the biggest things that people come in and say in the comments, like they could have given that money to the poor. Mm-hmm. Your ass better be given to the poor yes. if you come in yep. and say that. And like your ass better consider all the nice things that you have in your house or all the nice vacations you go on and use that for uh, fighting injustice or helping in poverty or hunger or anything. Because if not, now you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, if you even take it farther, you know, look at like Peter Singer's arguments on, on a lot of the stuff. And it's, you know, if you, that you spend $50 on, on taking you and your wife out for a meal, that could be $50 that went towards saving a life from, you know, malaria prevention yeah. in, in, you know, somewhere in Africa. Yeah. And you realize like, Maybe by proxy, I'm actually, you know, the Peter, Sing- P- Peter Singer's argument is like, it's not, it's no different from refusing to save a drowning kid who's next to you. Yeah. Uh, and, and just because you don't want to ruin your shoes. Like, right. right. And so like, <laughs> let's say you have, you have $200 shoes on right now mm-hmm. and, and you see a drowning kid in a pool next to you. You, you're, you're going to will you're going to be willing to ruin your shoes to save this kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a total monster. But how how different is that from just well instead of buying these two hundred dollars shoes maybe I should just donate this two hundred dollars to the Against Malaria Foundation, mm-hmm. and for me the way I reconcile it is I mean there's some cognitive dissonance there no matter what but mm-hmm. Ryan and I we we go out of our way to to contribute in in various ways mm-hmm. uh, both here and and abroad and um, there realizing that we could always do more yeah and and we also reach out to people and have them contribute as as an audience you know we're building a grocery store in in west side of dayton right now it's the second or third largest food desert in the country yeah and and in doing that like we're we're, we're going to help some people but could i do more than that yes yeah. i could yeah and so i i try to be quick not to judge and say you'll never catch me like, well, you know, what are, what were the pants that Wilkerson was wearing or yeah, fear of God sneakers. He, he could have given that thousand dollars to some other charity. My guess is he probably donates a lot of money yeah. to charity. Yeah. And he probably does a lot of charitable things with his other resources as yeah. well. Yeah. It's, it's directional. I think like if you're living in a way that defaults to generosity and to service, I think you're probably fine. Yeah. Uh, even if you get haters on Instagram, mm-hmm. a couple of things like I think the account is a mirror on not only the pastors and the church consumeristic culture as it is, but also definitely a mirror to those Christians and non-Christians that are so quick to judge. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. it's definitely a double-sided mirror, mm-hmm. mirror and I don't do any of these things perfectly. Um, and at the same time, I wanted to do the same thing. Like 
I got very early the criticism, not very early, whenever I started to make merch because people started asking for merch, I wanted to over-index on saying, whoa, I don't feel great about making money off of this. I want to visibly show that this is benefiting others. And so I, my first run of merch, we donated like 50, all the proceeds to the to Unlikely Heroes, which is a anti-sex trafficking um nonprofit Uh because i wanted to be like look even if you hate me and hate how i'm doing this and hate the the vehicle that i've used to bring out this discussion at least maybe you're okay with saving Mm -hmm. kids out of sex trafficking but then also you run into like problems of sustainability with the merch and then people will criticize you for that i'm sure right yeah and so like i I had no clue never ending (laughs) yeah i had no clue about like gildan's supply chain practices i just like i wanted to make the cheapest shirt possible so i could sell as many so i could raise as much money so it is an ongoing circular type thing. Um, And then you even look at like garments that are made here in the United States. So in Southern California, there are more sort of garment manufacturing factories than than there are anywhere else in America. And is that the garment district? Is that what it's Yeah. Yeah. So in in LA in particular, um, but all throughout Southern California, um, there are quite a few uh, textile places that, that manufacture. But here's the thing. 93% 93% of factory workers in Southern California, uh, garment factory workers in Southern California, 93% of them say they have or have uh, ha- have at some point in time worked in a factory here locally that is sweatshop-like conditions. Mm. Here in Los Angeles. Right. 93%. And so like, even if you work really hard to do the, the local sustainable yeah. option, there are even people who are exploited in that process, and so it's it kind be, of discouraging. It, it it is. You know, Ryan and I, we've, we've only done one physical product ever outside of our books. It was a a, a bag, a, a travel bag, and um, we had to like go vet the factory, and and well, we ended up doing it in Asia, but because the the factories here, they 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 actually didn't they weren't able to produce the bag that we we needed to produce but we the bag cost significantly more because we had to make sure it wasn't in a sweatshop factory mm-hmm. over in in you know China or wherever um the several places that we went in, in order to to vet to we had to send in uh auditors to make sure they were doing the the job correctly and that radically increases the price of yeah. what you're producing yeah uh, and so Sometimes what you're really paying for is peace the peace of mind. Of mind. Yeah. Jinx. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, let's get back to the article here. Um, as of this week, Jones has almost 150,000 followers. I, it's way more than that now, I, I'm mm. sure. Um, uh, the preachers, many of whom are friends with one another, have not exactly welcomed the extra attention. Though their clothing choices have never been a secret, Jones is the first person to put photos of the pastors side by side with the dollar value of their items. The implication, where are these guys getting the money to buy designer goods? Hmm. Like most evangelical and Pentecostal churches, Hillsong, Zoe, and their ilk heavily encourage tithing, the practice of donating a percentage or at least a significant chunk of one's income to the church, nowadays easily done online or via app. Commenters have been quick to note that these tithes could be funding preachers' Yeezy's habits. Um, This account is like the 21st century version of Martin Luther nailing his thesis to the church door, one commenter wrote. Um, <laughs> a little extreme. It's a yeah, little, yeah. Little but extreme. talk to me about some of these commenters. So I've noticed you engage uh, uh, with people, and it's funny how some people, they're, you know, you'll make a comment like, 
you must be new here or something yeah. like because there are some people who just show up and they're like they're, they're asking these really wild questions that like uh, who says a pastor can't have nice things right. <laughs> kind of thing. yeah it's uh people will show up to my account very briefly with kind of a preconceived notion about what it is maybe they read an article so they automatically think i'm a jackass that's just trying to troll them and be divisive or mean-spirited or anything so they'll come in and say super something super heated mm. and you know what I've found to be the the best thing to diffuse that kind of thing is to not really engage with it word for word. Like mm-hmm. to be either make a joke or uh, show them like, hey, it's not that serious, bro. Yeah. Um, and I, I for whatever reason, people enjoy, like how I write things in that way. And yes. I didn't know I had that. Like I, I, I don't consider myself to be smart or eloquent or anything. But for whatever reason, in that very context, I naturally have been able to write funny things that mm-hmm. people want to come back for like the comments and stuff but, yeah and, that medium works really well for you and especially the way you you're appending your art with commentary yeah and it's it's for my own like anxiety and peace of mind because if i do get in i have chosen to get into some kind of back and forth in the mostly in dms and it just really ruins my day yeah. and people want to show up and have a, this you know real mean-spirited argument and you know through therapy and through my wife I've learned that the best way to do it is either not respond at all or yeah, make a joke shoot, yeah make a joke out of it yeah. or really be intentional with the type of conversations that I choose so that's why I did the podcast because like I wanted to have I wanted to show people that I wasn't an ass completely mm-hmm. but I also not give up on the conversation because I do think it's a meaningful conversation to kind of mm-hmm. ask these questions um but yeah, the comment section's fun. I try to delete the things that are just genuinely hateful one way or the other. Yeah. But I do... Well, give me an example of something. It's like somebody ahead. somebody will show up and call such and such pastor a douchebag or a heretic mm-hmm. or a false teacher. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to be about that. Like I I care about people and these are real people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think anybody deserves that. Uh, just at least in my own on my own account, I would mm-hmm. hate it if somebody called me that. So yeah. I tried to try to do that in a way that reduced the hate but also oh like kept the controversial back and forth because, yeah, because i didn't want it to be an echo there. yeah i didn't yeah. want it to be an echo chamber yeah. and it very easily could be if you just yeah. delete all the haters delete all the seagulls and stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah some of the there some of the early comments were either how could you do this like mm. you're supposed to be a brother in christ how could you ever do this and then a lot of other comments will be like this guy could have giving this money to the poor and my whole deal is like both y'all both need to reckon with those type of comments Mm -hmm. and like maybe grow in discernment or grow in nuance and and empathy um like i just wish more people were able to at least acknowledge another side of the argument Mm -hmm. because the the danger about social media or at least the platform is that everyone has the opportunity to say their piece yeah and many people that engage with my account aren't willing to at least say, Hmm, I at least get that. Or like, Hmm, I at least understand why somebody would gift him these shoes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hope that people grow in that. I, I assume people do that the same on your platforms. Maybe. Well, the, well yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. Like they also ask about the stuff that we wear all the time, which is 
both like frustrating but i also understand it where it's like they're like what brand of shirt do you buy or (laughs) yeah again it's looking for that shortcut or whatever especially since i don't have anything with a logo on it that that displays when ryan when we go out on tour and ryan's taking photos they'll they often say well you're taking this minimalist thing too far because the shoes he wears uh they think that he's barefoot actually jordan you want to film this so we can put it up on the video maybe with your phone um so so maybe you tell me um uh, is, is, is he taking a little bit too far is, is this preachers and sneakers worthy if he was a preacher um <laughs> and then I'll, I'll throw my my timberlands up on the table as well uh, okay so ryan you want to you want to show off your shoes wait do i need to audience? take my shoes off no you can just put your foot up on the oh. table okay <laughs> yeah put it up on the table <laughs> wow it's reminiscent of uh <laughs> days gone by it's very, <laughs> yes it's very uh you look like jesus Greco. on top and on the bottom yeah you know it's interesting these shoes you're supposed to cut off the extra uh-huh. but because this knot breaks all the time i keep the ax the access because it allows me to keep these strings lo- uh, Did you make longer these? no dude these are they're zero shoes and basically they come just like this that's cool yeah I don't think I could pull them off. I do. I wear chacos I, a lot, so maybe I could pull them off. You know why I got these? I got these because my feet sweat so much. <laughs> and I used to wear Toms because I really like the idea of Toms. You know, that you buy one mm-hmm. pair, they give a pair. Um, and they're pretty stylish. Uh, but I would blow through a pair of Toms in like two months because my feet sweat so bad. <laughs> and like, I, you have to, well, I have, I would have to wear Toms barefoot. And uh, yeah, that's a recipe for yeah, dude. Everyone and then the, the 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 stench of my toms. Oh, man. <laughs> my feet are sweating right now just talking about wearing toms. <laughs> so here's an irony for you. I'm wearing Timberlands. Okay, uh, not classic uh, like New York City Timberlands. No, no, no. Fashionable Timberlands. Well, you could say that. Thank you. Um, here's here's the irony. Like these are expensive boots. They yeah. probably cost three hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, buy it for life though. Uh, uh, yeah, I've had them for a long time. I, I often get them re- resold. Here's the thing: you could have given teacher. that three hundred dollars to the poor. You could have given it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you repeat myself. And I could have bought uh, ten pairs of my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing about about these: these might actually cost more than. So so there it, there's this weird thought experiment in Can my head. Yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this could there's a weird thing about these the these shoes right they they might be more expensive than some of the shoes you feature on preachers and sneakers i actually paid more than a lot of preachers pay for their shoes yeah because mm-hmm. i actually paid for these right i've paid to have them resold etc as, as well right and, and so um but I have no sort of cognitive dissonance that if I were to put a three hundred pair, three hundred dollar pair of flashy sneakers up here, I would I would feel a different way. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because it's you're promoting with with the, this is a classic style boot. You're uh-huh. not promoting anything with this. When you throw up a gaudy pair of tennis shoes, that we just talked about the Yeezys at first, people were looking at them and they're like, "What are those?" <laughs> yeah, and now. They're like in style. Right. It, the problem is, is like these aren't. This goes to the you know the 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 timeless style if there is such a thing. Uh, that's more timeless. Where like a pair of Yeezys, it's a statement. Mm-hmm. You're you, you are promoting something with Yeezys. Where with these, you're not promoting anything. You're, Even if unintentional, yeah, you are promoting something. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a lot. It's. It's why I feel so solid about the suit argument. Like, there's no brands on that, so those could be twenty dollar pay yeah. less or five hundred dollar. 
customs. Right, but didn't I read? I, I've read this about. It might have been one of the articles about you. How we've been grappling with this um, as humans. Like the, even the, the church was grappling with it in the 19th century, where with like the vetments or however you say the word, the mm. um, vestments. Yeah, yeah. Vestments. yeah. Maybe that's not a real word. It might be. I Maybe don't know. Cut that out. <laughs> Podcast. Sleep that out, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, Big you know, asterisk you know inter- there. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the suits, though. So when I was a regular churchgoer, um, I prided myself on Brooks Brothers suits and Alan Edmonds shoes, and people would come up to me and they'd be like, "Are those Alan Edmonds?" And but I. I was wearing them for the wrong reasons. I mean, yeah, I looked good in them, but it felt good for people to come up to me and be like, dude, you look like you're running for president. Like, you're looking really good. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I do look it's good, don't I? Feel good to be yeah, I, the, my imaginary suspenders, I never wore suspenders ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's a fascinating thing because also then we get into the trendy. Like, these, these shoes aren't trendy. They are timeless mm-hmm. in the sense that in our lifetime, you could have worn these in the 60s. You could wear them now, mm-hmm. and they're going to be functionally the same. You can actually wear this outfit that I'm wearing, except these, these pants. I mean, if they were black jeans, they would be... But but this outfit, you look at... And that's the thing that I've, I've noticed recently is the people who used to be like really cool, mm-hmm. they wore timeless outfits, right? Mm-hmm. And now the cool is... I don't know when this changed. Maybe you know. It's more trendy. Like If you think back to punk rock of the 60s and 70s right they wore you know skinny jeans and all black or whatever mm-hmm. um and and or, or even if you look at you know who was cool in in the the 70s and and then somewhere maybe in the 80s or 90s these new the sort of trendy looks the the 80s the big boxy suits in the 80s and uh uh, the weird colorful ties in the 90s and yeah. and, and all these the, these other styles. And, and then uh, we talked about the oddies and like the true religion and the, the <laughs> rhinestone jeans. Oh my God. Um, we, we, and those things are all out of style now. And in fact, if you wear that now, you, you, you look like you're out of touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> I was homeschooled so I can make the joke. <laughs> uh, I think it's gotta be something with the spread of information like during those decades there was nowhere near the scale and speed of sharing of information Mm. so of course trends are maybe going to stay around a little longer but now we have instant access to freaking fashion week in new york city and paris and we can see every celebrity ever and what they're wearing of course that's probably going to dictate the things that we where versus like when we talk about the 80s or the 90s sure there were icons but it was a lot harder i think to to get an insight into what the most current fashions yeah. were yeah and, and there were icons like i think back to like the the sort of prime example like a steve mcqueen like yeah. that you could take him and transport him into day and he would still be cool yes right uh james dean same thing the white shirt and blue jeans mm-hmm. whatever um and now but even now like blue jeans like if you're wearing the wrong jeans for the season, right? It's like, well, you you have to wear the Balmain jeans, right? Because, uh, I mean, I don't know who would spend $1,200 on jeans, but apparently enough a people lot. to sustain a, a mm. very expensive brand. Um, and, and and so, but, but Paul Newman and Steve McQueen and, and uh, whoever, they, they didn't need that. You know, I go back to... Um, well, I look at like uh, Malcolm X or the Nation of Islam, and they are—they're always dressed to the nines. But it's never about brand or 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 
it's style without brand. And so in a way, it's not taking the brand shortcut. Yeah. Mm. So many of us want to be, I mean, I think probably all of us want to be in a tribe or be associated with something. And I think you said it earlier, Ryan, it's like all of us want to be individuals, but we'll wear Nike or Lulu or, mm-hmm. or something else. There is some innate desire to want to be, be associated with cool. I can't remember who said it. All right, read an article or something. The word cool is like the most universal word out there yeah. because everyone aspires to it mm-hmm. or appreciates it in its own way. Um, everyone wants to be cool or at least feel okay with themselves. And clothing is shortcut i think in a lot but of ways only recently has the brand thing become the shortcut right yeah even with when when hip-hop really broke out in the late 80s early 90s when you walked in here i was listening to eric b and rakim and like they were all about materialism and then they went to dapper dan and had them like repurpose old louis vuitton things yeah. or whatever but that was like that was art in a way that there was, it was literally the opposite of a shortcut. They had to go to a tailor to accomplish what they wanted to to get done, and, and there was this. It was such an individual pursuit because it was a, everything that they had was one of one. Yeah. Right. And and now it's just like, well, the shortcut is I'll get a shirt that has a smiley face and says Drew on it, mm-hmm. and it's probably know, a three hundred dollar T shirt or something. And now I'm like whoever I aspire to be, but we confuse that. Right. And even now, like I'll see a billboard with Chris Hemsworth on it. And I'm like, well, if I get the tag Hewer watch, of course I'll be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Instant jawline. Yeah. Right. Sexy accent. Right. <laughs> Check out my abs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the, this whole hype beast culture where you purchase a brand and immediately everyone knows you're wearing a $700 t-shirt. Mm. That, ugh, that is, that's gross to me just because it is so like, it's vain because it's saying like, I want to buy this t-shirt for other people to know that I can afford a $700 t-shirt. Yeah. That's where the sneakers go for me too. It's like, are you wearing something to make other people envious or are you wearing something to actually look good? But if you're wearing something that's stylish, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's both. You're wearing something to look good and to make, people envious of you i don't think so i don't think with the stylish thing i think with the trendy thing yeah trendy. that's what i meant and maybe that's where i would differentiate because when we go back to steve mcqueen i don't know any of the brands that he wore i'm sure i could research it and find it or whatever but it wasn't about that right it was about his own personal style Mm -hmm. in so much that and so when i have to take these words back that i said earlier i don't believe in a individual or personal style is it possible yes but today and by the way, people like that would actually eschew brands back in the uh, back in the day. Like the the brand was considered to be tacky. It was a billboard. It was advertisement. Right. And now there was some transformation. Um, yeah, I don't know when that is either. Probably yeah. somewhere in the '90s or '80s. Like the Tommy Hilfiger polo, all that stuff really really started back then, and it's come back into fashion recently. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be a level of style where it is utilitarian if that's the right usage of the word like where you feel good about yourself like i i mean i watched the video of your house like i'm sure you curating your house in a way that's beautiful does something for y'all that says this makes our life feel better and there's got to be a level of that like being stylish like i don't i don't think it's bad to want to be stylish like fashion is art uh and it's design and it has uh it's probably got a, a ton of value for me I prefer comfort over style, but obviously I I love to feel good 
in what I'm wearing. And to a lot of people, that's looking fashionable or yeah. looking stylish. I like the marriage of the two. And the house tour you brought up is a good example because if it weren't for that video, no one would, because I barely ever have anyone over the house. I'm such an introvert. Like, <laughs> um, and, and so very rarely, like maybe a couple times a year do we have anyone over to our house besides like Ryan, Sean and Jordan will come over occasionally, but like very rarely do I have anyone. So the stuff that we have in there isn't to impress anyone else other yeah. than, than ourselves, right? And so the couch, yes, it has to function, but part of it is I do want it to be beautiful because be, something being aesthetically pleasing gives me the sense of calm, but, but also... I don't care what the brand of it is. I couldn't even tell you the brand of my mattress, for example, or the brand of you know, most of the things that, that, that I own. It's about the marriage of, of function and form. Right? I'm sure you've had to deflect the uh, Casper mattress the, inquiries the for the adver yeah. advertising. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Purple. The, the, the funny thing is, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you what bed I have, and I've tried Casper mattresses, and they didn't work out for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I returned. I took advantage of their 100-day return policy. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we got some questions here. Maybe I should, uh, let's go finish this article up real quick. Sure. Um, and then we'll, we'll dive into a, a bit of a lightning round with questions here. Uh, most of the preachers have publicly ignored the post. We talked about, uh, oh, here's the, the Veach picture right here. Um, that's an expensive bag. This is the, my, my example, though, of like, this is, this is trendy, right? Mm -hmm. And... And what I yeah. I want to avoid trendy, I want it to be timeless for my lifetime. Yeah, like when I think about the home stuff, it's like a hardwood floor, that's always going to be functional and it's going to look good. Uh -huh. Or like shag carpet, uh -huh. <laughs> that's trendy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and keep in mind though, if you take James Dean and put him, drop him in the year... 1360 mm -hmm. it, he's gonna look crazy too look like the, a peasant it's not time it's not actually <laughs> timeless right right, right. It depends it, on the, the reference point yes yeah. yeah yes indeed uh let's see here um we already talked about that his response blah 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 since the birth of christianity there have been there there has been tension regarding displays of wealth in church from martin luther's aforementioned break with catholicism right on <laughs> up to last year's controversy over televangelist jesse du Plantis? Plantis, yeah. Bought a, plans to buy a $54 million jet with followers' donations. <laughs> that's that's why we have a Patreon channel. We're just waiting. <laughs> Storing up those dollars. That's right, so we can afford a $54 million jet. Christian leaders have offered uh, infinitely varied opinions on... <laughs> that's that that's putting it lightly like that that's the thing that i love about your account is there are all these varying opinions and when people can handle it tactfully and actually engage in a discussion and start yeah. asking questions yes man i love those questions mm -hmm. when they start attacking i don't find any value in it really right, right? yeah either way like on either side right oh yeah yeah, yeah like it's it, so edifying to have a discussion like i'm sure all three of us i mean i know all three of us have differing beliefs in life sure but it is so fulfilling to have a conversation with people like you where it's where everyone is at least uh addressing and uh validating like look i understand why you have that perspective or i understand how you came to do that mm -hmm. like that feels so good to me yeah. and i wish that for more people yeah well it's it's acting in good faith and that's why i i love having conversations with someone like uh erwin mcmanus because you know he can he can look at that and say wow i didn't realize and i actually believe him when when he talks about this i didn't realize that like it would even spur these sort of 
you know, conversations in a way. And so in a yeah. way you could be, you could be thankful for the conversations that it's spurring because we're always asking these, these questions about what to believe and whether that's with respect to fashion or, or religion or anything else. Um, you know, I think our beliefs, they shape us and they, they direct us toward our values. Mm. And so when I, when I say Ryan and I have different beliefs, but we have similar values, the, the values sort of the destination, the beliefs are the paths that get us there. Mm. And we might take different paths to get to those values, but I think we tend to value many of, of the same things. Yeah. Uh, if I walk into a place and I'm wearing something that makes people go, that's a cool outfit. I'm working with an advantage, Veach told Fashionista in 2017, rather than a disadvantage of like, man, those are really whack sneakers. So I think that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? Was, was hey, maybe this is just a way for him to, to have an advantage of, it's him to be, it's the meta considerate part mm, where yeah. he, he walks into, and this, it already takes it off the table for him in a way where it's like, I don't need to connect on this superficial way. We're already connected. Now let me connect in some deeper way. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, it's public that they, his church, Judah's church, Carl's church in New York City do make an effort to make it comfortable for people that couldn't go to, like Justin Bieber can't go to church in a random city in Arkansas. Right. It would destroy, like it would cause such a ruckus. Yeah. And so these guys make the effort to have those guys and girls have an experience or have an interaction with church that seems normal or that seems accessible and not like, oh, I'm gonna have to go to this church and sign a bunch of autographs. Right. So yeah. like, yeah, like you said, meta considerate, that's considerate. Yeah. And no, I don't think anybody can argue with a that. A piece of me thinks yeah. like, because like going back to the Rolex with us, if we wanted to be more accessible. Right. So, a maximalist, a self-proclaimed maximalist would look at us and be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a maximalist. I can never do what those minimalists do. But then we start wearing a Rolex watch. I think those same people would still judge us. Oh, they think they're minimalist, but they have a Rolex watch. Yeah. So uh, I'm saying this because... I think it's I think it's a, I think that's I think it's a weak argument to say I wear sneakers so I could be more appeasing to uh you know a younger crowd. I think it's it's the charitable argument. And it and, is a charitable argument, and, yes. And so so it's just not a very strong argument. Well, I, I don't know. I think I think it's different from the Rolex. I, I agree with the Rolex analogy. I think where it breaks down is is uh, a Rolex is unattainable by most people. So but, are $700 but, sneakers. Well, most of, yeah, right, right. Agreed. But those $700 sneakers are attainable to just about anyone if they wait in line and do all the things that are required to get it in a more, uh, it, it requires more time. And, and you, you know more about this, the drops and all this other yeah. stuff, right? So those $700 sneakers you might've gotten for 190 190 mm. if you were willing to wait in line for them. Yeah. And, and, uh, and waiting in line now can even be online on an app or, or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm. And it's very, but it's, yeah, that's what, it's just like the stock market. It drives, or any kind of market, it drives demand, the lack of supply or the scarcity or how hard it is to get some of these shoes. That's what drives up mm. the market value. And so a lot of people don't, have never even considered that. Like, well, sneakers, I've only paid 160 ever in my life for sneakers. Mm. But there's this whole culture of people that, you know, there's 50 pairs that drop and the people that are waiting in line get them and it immediately causes the price to the go demand, up. Right, yeah. right. right. Yeah. And, and so what I'm saying is it's potentially attainable. Right. Yeah. yeah. For, for, for some of them. For so the what you're saying stuff. is sneakers are more obtainable than a Rolex. Yes. It, okay. And, and these are all great. So the private jet is way farther on the, the, the spectrum, right? Yes. Where most of us will never, ever be able to afford a private jet. Right. Most of us could afford a Rolex if we saved up for many years and then got right. one, right? Yeah. 
and so I don't think that I don't think that the the Rolex is the same thing as having a, a nice pair of shoes, right? I think I think that a Rolex is, um, in a way, it's it can be functional luxury mm-hmm. for the well off for the for the wealthy. Yeah. It's not that far off from a nice pair of shoes, though. But I do understand what you're saying. I mean, how much is a? I don't even know what's a Rolex cost. Forty thousand dollars. I have low end is probably five k. Yeah, oh, you okay. can probably get one for five k. Yeah, which okay. is which is a which is yeah a price of a used car. That's your Corolla. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> it's actually a little bit more than my Corolla. But <laughs> well, I don't have the Corolla anymore. But uh, but yeah, it's it's he has a Bentley now. It's still it's yeah right. It's it still gift, <laughs> it still promotes. It still promotes materialism, and that's that's the biggest issue I have with it. Is yeah. like it just it, it promotes materialism. And, no, I I, I agree and, with you. And materialism doesn't bring people together. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It, or it, if it does, it's a very loose bond. It's yeah. Putting your worth in things, or yeah. it's putting your value in things. Right. Yeah. Agreed. But what if? Again, being charitable. What if those things are the thing that, that bring people together at first? Mm-hmm. When we define minimalism, we say minimalism is the thing that gets us past the things so we can make room for life's most important things, which actually aren't things at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and so, so the, yeah. the, what if those things help them in a weird roundabout I, way? I could see, I love the, get chari- past the things. I love the charitable argument because uh-huh. I think that's how I, I like to approach life. Uh-huh. But it's an argument that I can see, but I don't agree with. It's, it's just like anything else in life where I can see someone's perspective. But that's not how I personally. Uh, that's not how I personally feel about it. Because the the other the another side of this is like with uh, gifting the uh, the preachers, you know, these expensive sneakers. Mm-hmm. It's this very opulent person who maybe wants to do something nice for their preacher. Don't get me wrong, but also like when you give that preacher the sneakers and the preachers wears them, now it makes it okay for you to be opulent. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's uh, that's that's really where, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just like the pessimistic attitude, but that's where I would fall on it rather than the charitable side. I do see the charitable side. I just I just don't agree with it. I've never thought of that as far as the making that to where you can justify your opulent lifestyle. Yeah, What's uh, but yeah. but it very well could be. Yeah. Like the the charitable argument very well could be the case. Mm-hmm. Like there's no arguing that for whatever reason Justin Bieber was attracted to these four or five dudes. Was it because they're super slick or their fashion or what? I mean, there was something that for whatever reason they were able to influence Justin Bieber or Kanye or yeah. Kim or anybody. And in a way that that if you if it's a message that you believe in and then Justin Bieber picks it up and then spreads that message, then didn't wasn't that a very small investment? But for having even if they were $5,000 sneakers, wouldn't that be worth it if you got just a, a Justin Bieber post is worth way more than $5,000? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so in a way, you just got the best discount of, of spreading the, this good news that you believe in. Yeah. And, and... But now are you using Justin as an advertising tool? What do we, yeah. Or a distribution well, It depends on what you mean by, like, using, right? Like, if you, you can't be used unless you're useful, right? Mm. Right. And so... <laughs> right, yes, yes, you're correct. You guys are very heady thinkers. I'm at the brink you know the, of my... It's funny, the more, no. we talk, the more we talk about this, though, there's Jesus might take... Maybe Jesus would take a private jet. I understand what you're saying about being accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, although, to your point, uh, Tyler, like Jesus wouldn't need a private jet if he, if he was Jesus Christ. 
But I know for a fact Jesus would not take a pair of Yeezys because he would not promote the materialism. There's no way. Because right. you know how many times in the Bible like he tried to be tempted with this with these materialistic things and he's like no that's not what I'm about uh-huh. like we're not about materialism right so uh it's the more we talk about this the more I lean on like the pastors are they got it well again my own perspective is I would never support a pastor who wears Yeezys but on stage if Adam Dressler warm in private uh-huh. like that's be a totally different thing just like with the BMW I have been given BMWs because they were low on cars and they're uh-huh. like hey do you want this BMW I'm like yeah this is, uh, yeah fine like I'm happy to take a BMW it's a step up and I'm driving it around and people will say oh look at the minimalist in the BMW like my family did that yeah. and I'm explaining to them I'm like yeah it's a pretty nice car right like they, they gave me a free upgrade because they were low on cars that doesn't bother me uh-huh. but would I roll up to like one of our events in a BM- or a Lamborghini for that matter if they gave me a Lamborghini yeah like, I, there's no way I would do That'd that. would be the best troll, though. It would be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really would be. You could have a bunch of chains yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Your fur like, coat on. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, let's, uh, New York Times article. We'll just skim this one. Yeah, we'll put a link to both of these in the show notes. He who is without Yeezys, let he who is without Yeezys cast the first stone. <laughs> should five should pastors wear $5,000 sne- sneakers? Um, Carl Lentz, the pastor who baptized Justin Bieber in a professional basketball player's bathtub, appeared wearing a pair of Nike Air Fear of God sneakers that were selling online for about $500. Then John Gray, a pastor from South Carolina, was shown in blood red Air Yeezy 2s, the sneakers that, I, I mean, if you gave these to me, I wouldn't wear them. No, I mean, no mainly because we're almost 40. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Air it's Yeezy interesting. Th- the only people over thirty that can pull those off are like super. You could pull them off because you're like super skinny. Uh-huh. And I don't know why, but like super skinny people over thirty can pull off really bright shoes. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wear them. <laughs> but uh, this is me personally. Uh, so those shoes, the the blood red Air Yeezy twos. In culture, big- they call them Red Octobers. Oh, oh okay. Wow. They're they're five thousand dollars. Good grief. Uh, in another photo, Chad Veach, we already talked about that. Uh, the pastors were among those included on an Instagram account that recently popped up called Preachers of Sneakers, where men and women of God are shown wearing footwear that could cost more than a month, month's rent for many of their followers. Mm. That is uh, a really good point. Is when I j- said a moment ago, like these are potentially, I, and I use that word p- potentially accessible by the congregation. Mm-hmm. Now, not by all of them. They, when when you look at you know, uh, a place like Mosaic, for example, a lot of the people there are, you know, certainly living paycheck to paycheck. And if you feel the, the, the where I have a problem is if you start to feel the pressure mm-hmm. in order to fit in, I have to wear the red Octobers or what, I mean, which would be impossible right, for most right, people. Right. To, and, um, but even if you feel to fit in, I have to wear the $160 shoes. That's out of most people's price. Yeah, mm-hmm. I own one pair of sneakers or a pair of Reebok Classics, and uh, yeah, I, they're what borderline timeless. They're, they're <laughs> right, right. They're forty four dollars, I think. Yeah. I own Echoes, and it's only <laughs> and it's only and it's only because they're the most comfortable shoe I've ever worn <laughs> yeah. in my life. <laughs> they're wow. Echoes sneakers. <laughs> I have a feeling we're not going to be featured on Preachers this Um All right. Uh, let's oh, see here. Shit. I'm telling you, the biomes, man, they're like, I don't know if you've ever tried a pair of those on. They are like the most comfortable mm-hmm. workout shoes I've ever had. Anyway, I had a buddy who sold shoes and uh, he had me try a pair of those on. And I was like, I'm like, oh my, I had no idea shoes could they? be this. They're just Echo Biomes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, I had, I had no idea that like, 
yeah, shoes can be that comfortable. Anyway, but well, yeah, we'll put a link to both of those articles in those the show accessible. notes. You, you can check them out. Um, the one article, the the Vice one, it talked about how, um, uh, what was it? The the, uh, I think it was the Vice article. One one church sent you a, a cease and desist. No. Yeah, the uh, I had used a picture from Life Church's Instagram, and mm. the uh, photographer reported my picture as copyright infringement or oh. whatever. And I sent him an email and said, "Hey, sorry, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't intend to not give you credit. If I gave you credit, can I use it?" And he basically said, "I expressly do not give you a th- permission to use this picture or whatever." Mm. And that's gotcha. so far that's the only one. Okay, yeah. But it's like, all right, I've only got four hundred thousand other pictures to use, so I'm, <laughs> I'm good. No, I'm ruined. <laughs> yeah. dude, I can only imagine like when it started like r- flooding in with the the followers, dude. Like how you were you seem to me as someone who like doesn't want the attention but you also were like i can't just like ignore the fact that this is really taken off yeah so i, mean, I told I, I totally understand why you, why you went anonymous man did i you uh, panic at all absolutely because I mean, <laughs> it's like i wasn't making money i didn't have a strategy i didn't have an agenda it's just this thing that's growing out of control and people are asking me for my input about what it is mm-hmm. and why i'm doing it and it's my wife and i sit i mean i'm literally sitting on my couch with my thumb and i start this <laughs> uh-huh and it goes wild it's, so you you reshaped church culture yeah that's and a weird thing right it's a weird thing you're in the culture uh, yeah and i don't i that I don't, wasn't your I, initial intention no and i don't feel qualified and people think I, i'm qualified and i really am not so but i also saw it as an opportunity it's like this is something i need to steward like mm-hmm. this is i don't want to just have this go away like every other viral thing ever like this seems to be generating positive conversation with collateral damage like it's 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 been messy but uh to me very quickly i realized that oh this is for whatever reason this is, seems important yeah um, you picked up actual famous followers a lot of famous people follow what you do yeah Questlove, john mayer sophie turner wow. joel McHale is a good friend now like yeah. the last time i was here he invited my wife and i over to his house wow just awesome. just a weird thing like yeah. where they where if one day I'm a I'm a nothing dude uh-huh. and overnight now people are think I'm the talent uh-huh. and I don't mm-hmm. feel that way but uh, <laughs> I I the anonymous thing we might, might as well talk about it yeah. when it was going crazy the reason I stayed anonymous was we didn't know what it was and we didn't know where it was going to head like people were getting real fired up about it I'm sure you're getting some threats yeah mm-hmm. and people were like. I mean, <laughs> word for word, somebody Christians said... Christians threatening you, that is like, that is typical Christian oh, yeah. behavior. I mean, one person, <laughs> I, I wish I would have saved it, but one person messaged me and said, you're going to have to account for the souls that are lost because of this account when oh, you get to heaven. Grief. And I said, what oh. is going on? Grow up. Yeah, yeah, for real. I wish I would have saved it. But um, so I was getting threats and, you know, it wasn't a business. It wasn't like, I didn't have a strategy. And so I initially, it's just like mentors and my community was like, Hey, maybe stay anonymous for now. That was very quick. Like that. Once I got a grasp, like what was happening, how I felt about the account, like the things that I was trying to do with the account, I stayed anonymous because it was an interesting Christian Banksy type thing. People yeah. liked it and people liked the mystique. Um, and then now I'm just waiting to do this book release. Like uh-huh. shamelessly, this is, this is going to help me hopefully spread the message for my book. Yeah. Um, so I'm, ex- come out? uh, eh, let's see spring of next year okay. april cool. um 
And he's going to be competing with our book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> exact same demographic. Um, so that's been an interesting thing, like writing a book. And I know people have criticism, but like, you're a coward. You didn't want to be held accountable to the same standard you're nah. holding people accountable. And I still hold to the fact, like, I didn't want to hold, I'm not holding anyone accountable. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has lost dollars or opportunities in the speaking circuit or in the church world from what I've done. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been, I haven't learned. I mean, generally. Well, like they're I probably he- not going to come to you and say, hey, man, you, you. I mean, some of them were pretty vocal about how pissed they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe that. Um, but it's, uh, I'm ready to be in public. Okay. Like I, and I, I want people to know that like, I didn't want this to be. The irony a, is like when people watch this, you actually have a logo <laughs> over your face. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to explain. But it's a buildup. It's great. It's I, lo- a, I love the buildup. I think it's awesome. And it's not for Man, me. Man, I don't know. I, if I were you, I might just. Keep a logo <laughs> over my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'd walk around. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird blessing and, and, and a curse. And Ryan and I aren't even famous. Right. But like. Every day I'll get recognized half a dozen times, yeah. and mm. and it also makes me wonder like how many people actually just don't say anything, mm. um, and and most of the time the interactions are phenomenal. But I can imagine with you, you've stirred up some controversy. Yeah, yeah. With us, our controversies with like Walmart and right. stuff, right? And the, yeah. the CEO of Walmart isn't going to be like threatening yeah. us, and so. Um, but with you, you're going to have some people walk up to you and yeah. be like, F- spit you. on you. Right. And, yeah. and isn't that indicative of an actual issue, though? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's, I hate that. Like, I, I don't like upsetting people. Like, I'm yeah. an Enneagram 3. I don't care. I don't know if you guys subscribe to that. But, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a three My wing, wife's a three. Yeah. I'm a three wing two. I, I'm extroverted, love people, want to be high achieving. So, I don't like upsetting people. But, there's no denying that this is touching a nerve. And for whatever reason, I was placed in the middle of it. And so I want to do that uh, as wise as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted, like for the anonymous thing, I really didn't want it to be about me. Because like right when it blew up, the Today Show called me and asked me to come on and like confront the pastors. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I declined because I was like, I don't, this, I don't want this... I could easily use this as a very short spike in publicity and be mm. the guy that did this yeah. and be out there. And I, like, I wanted to be wise about it and I wanted to be slow about it. And I, I think it was the right thing at the time. Like, yeah. yeah, it was. By the way, the Today Show, like, it sounds really great. It's, it's ambient, man. Like, yeah. We've been on Today Show four times. And I can tell you, we were on Christmas Day. Yeah. I saw uh, that. Uh, yeah, and so <laughs> like, we, we, the nine million people watching it, which sounds like a lot. I think our traffic spiked like a thousand or two thousand people. Yeah, it was like it was weird. next to nothing, right? It's funny, like because it's on in the background yeah. like a fireplace. But if we go on even a a a small podcast, you get appreciably more people because they're really tuned into it. Yeah, right. and I mean you're, you'll be finding that especially when your book comes out and you start doing podcasts, like that's going to be the place for you to go because it's an attentive audience. It's smaller, but it's much deeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm super, and I'm super excited about that. I mean, I I know people either think or will call me a coward for having been anonymous. And I just hold to like, dude, this was something I had never experienced before and had no like guidebook for how to deal with it. And so that's the decision that we made to like for my family. And I'm going to be in public now. So you can come rag on me as much as you want now. You know, the good news, man, is a out of a hundred, you know, crazy comments you get or threats, a half of a percent of them are going to come up to you in public and say anything. Yeah. Cause right. you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like very safe place. Yeah. It's a fake world, man. 
Yeah. Like it's such a fake place. Like it's, yeah. So in yeah. the real world, I mean, even with, you know, the minimal, the worst thing I ever had someone do to me in public, which wasn't even in public, I was at a wedding and someone came up to me like, Hey, I saw your, you're the minimalist from the documentary, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, I'm like, yeah. What'd you think? What'd you think of the doc? They're like, I didn't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. Wasn't really wasn't really my thing. Uh, I was why like, why would you ask that question though? What? <laughs> hey, what do you think about me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just like, crea- I was creating small talk. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And like, woe is us for having huge platforms. Like, that's that. I think Annie F. Downs basically said like this. That's what comes with it. Like when you have a platform, yeah. people get to criticize you or yeah. people get to say their piece about you. Yeah. For sure. And it's but it's also nice to have a blue check mark. And it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to like interact with cool, yeah. interesting people. It so is. like yeah. I, I get that that's part of it and I I'm still not doing this perfectly, but I'm gonna try my best. And that's what I've been trying to do. We got a few more questions to to round this out. We already answered Mitch's question. What are some examples of timeless outfits? Mm-hmm. Fiona says, Is Marie Kondo stylish? Yes. Yeah, dude. Um She's she is timeless. Yeah, in many ways, yeah. And and uh I the funny thing is I started folding she has this good folding tip for folding all of her shirts and it's like it's file folder. Uh, filing, you know, my it's great for my OCD. Yeah, I, I don't care what you call it. Like, I realize like that's how J. Crew was doing it in their store for many years. I don't mm-hmm. know if this is the J. Crew method or the Marie Kondo method, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. But it does work really well. So yeah. yeah, she's stylish, but also very utilitarian as yeah. well. Well, what I like about Marie Kondo is she might be wearing a you know six thousand dollar blouse from, but like you would you don't know that looking at her. Like yeah, it's it could, or it could be from Target. Like, exactly. I have no idea. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, MOHD says, how do brands affect people's free will for choosing clothes? Well, if we acknowledge that free will doesn't exist, then I can repurpose this question. Um, although that's where the YouTube probably disagree with me. Um, uh, yeah, read free will by Sam Harris. And Mm -hmm. I I couldn't, I can't figure out how it could possibly exist. It's weird how I fall, (laughs) I fall on the middle of, I don't even know how I can hold space for both. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually I'm similar to you. Then it's weird. Yeah, I, I believe I have free will, even though I know I don't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. a deep dark hole to go yeah, down. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. So, um, how do brands? I mean, again, that, that's the shortcut thing, right? We yeah. we feel like uh, we feel like brands will get us to wherever we want to go a little bit quicker, right? And I wonder, I do wonder if that's uh, if it's actually well, and, an unhealthy if thing. If you're relying on a brand to represent you as a person, then you are giving up free will. Hmm. Yes. I mean, that's a great, pithy, that's a great pithy answer. Shot. Yeah. Everyone take a shot. Uh, <laughs> Kevin has a question for us, Ryan. I think the co-opting of minimalist aesthetics and branding decor, clothes, and other lifestyle indicators should be discussed. So uh, they're talking about minimalism being used to represent these things, right? Yeah, like when you go into a a gap and you see the word minimalist right. r- written on a t-shirt yeah so like, when, well, wait a minute so when things are sold as simple or minimalist it traps people into thinking that buying these items will help them achieve the lifestyle how do we navigate this trap mm. well I, I think it's really quixotic to think you can buy things to deal with your problem with things yeah. the, the biggest the biggest example is, is the container store yeah it yeah. apes the form of of minimalism but it's not it's organized hoarding right and i'm not against having some bins and containers and things that store your stuff but don't think the solution to your stuff is to buy more stuff yeah it's like people who try to buy their their way out of debt 
They're, they're going to buy all the <laughs> Dave Ramsey financial courses. They're going to buy all the self-help books. And they're not going to use it at all, right? Right. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. you spend 79 bucks on Financial Peace University and you use that. It's the best 79 bucks you'll Absolutely, ever spend. Absolutely, 100%. We, we paid off all our debt. Yeah. Congratulations, Thank man. You. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, there are people who just get stuck in like, well, I bought... The Financial Peace University course, so... Yeah, but did you go to the classes or... No, <laughs> right. I didn't even open the did book. You I bought it, Yeah, though. did you implement the things that the class talked about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, last... Uh, no, we got two more. Ray has a question for us. Ray, do you feel aspects of the minimalist aesthetic creeping are into trendy clothing? If yes, how so? So is minimalist style creeping into the trendy the trendy no, I thing. think it's 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 moving more away from that. It was trendy for a while, but now. I but I look at like Kanye West and like the minimalist house, and that seems like very trendy to me. There's a few brands that oh, do it, like I Jerry Lorenzo agree. at Fear of God. Yeah, kind of does that where it, like his essentials line, which is basically like very subdued type text and stuff. I think, I think yeah. that's got probably got minimalist vibes. Or um, Scott Disick has a a clothing line that's basically blank t-shirts and yeah. hoodies. I mean, I, I think that those things will are a bit more timeless in the sense like you're right like james dean for example you drop him back in the 1300s like he's gonna look weird but yeah for the last you know, for, for the last 50 years and the next 50 years mm-hmm. like it's going to be in style so i think that uh in the sense of trendy being something that's a, ephemeral it's less ephemeral minimalist style is less ephemeral but mm-hmm. i think that it certainly can be trendy right but what i'm saying is that many of the trendy things that you feature on your account for example they have at least, especially within the last two years or so, have really moved away from a minimalist aesthetic and toward a more, I, I, I don't know, there's, there's retro aspects of the sort of the chaos of the 90s that, that's in yeah. them. And then there's also something new that's there as well. But it's a lot of colors. It's a lot of uh, text and weird places. And yep. it's not minimalist the same way that I think of. Like Kanye West's mansion is a minimalist mansion. It's very right. intentional. Which, I actually look at it as timeless. So I, don't, I don't see that as being trendy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird. Yeah, because yeah. there are there are uh, very minimalist um, houses in Los Angeles in general uh-huh. that were built back in the '50s, '60s, '70s. Yes, that mid mod type. Yeah, feel. exactly. That totally that totally look trendy, but it's but it's been trendy though for the last fifty That's years. The trendy coming back yeah. in a way, right? Yeah, maybe. Which is actually our last question from Shaldo. Uh, why do we see some clothing trends come back into style? Well, I mean, I think what hopefully the charitable view is we look at to the past and say, let's carry forward the things that uh, we would give value for. Some from. true religion genes on Amazon. <laughs> uh, so the the mid century modern is a good example of that in, in mid mid century modern homes like that aesthetic became fashionable again and thus it, it, it did lend to a particular trend especially in the teens mm-hmm. specifically uh, of the last decade and we, we saw it and people started selling it West Elm had their mid-century modern whatever but we see this in clothes as well and my there, there's some sort of infinite r- regressive loop uh, because the things that came back in the style like the 80s came back in the style for a few years and then you know, it was portions of the 80s and then the 90s mm-hmm. and then like it was recursive because then it would go back and be elements from 83 and then 92 and like it it became attenuated each time so that like Tommy Hilfiger came back in the style for six months. Yeah. Whereas in the 90s when Ryan and I were in high school 
it was in it was in style all of high school. Like Tommy right. Hilfiger was trendy all of the time we were in high school. Then it came back for six months, and then it's gone again. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that has something to do with our access to immediate media, I right? Think so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think, and it, but it's also influenced by the word you hate. I think influencers. I mean, people yes. that are mm. seen as icons definitely drive some of that. The people that I mean, like. I keep talking about Justin Bieber. I'm not obsessed with Justin Bieber, but he's just very prevalent in this whole culture. Like sure. he started wearing those dumpy pants that like have a super low crotch right, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what those are called, but people started wearing those uh-huh. like right. really unattractive type pants. Right. But when people like that are start to wear things, they choose, they get to dictate kind of what the culture sees as mm-hmm. fashionable. Yeah. Mm. And it's nothing sinister or it's nothing like, I don't think planned, but it, it is driven by our access to those type of people that yeah. have a ton of reach. Yeah. Well, also, and we look at those people as you know cool people for whatever reason. And this is the this is what was different from the the James Deans or the the Malcolm X or, or whomever was cool back in the day. There wasn't a shortcut to be cool like them. Yeah, you couldn't put on cool. the you couldn't put on the white shirt and jeans and be James Dean, mm. um, <laughs> and and it, it would look it would look silly. Yeah. Um, and and now people feel as though they can put on the Drew shirt and look like Justin Bieber, right? Um, and I think about that as like I get why we say some of these people are are cool, but the coolest people I know are people like Leo Babalta. Mm-hmm. You saw him; he was in our, our first documentary. He has six kids, and he's a he's like an ultra minimalist. He makes Ryan and me look silly. Right? He's got one shirt for each kid. <laughs> uh, was, no, and yeah. uh, he's a minimalist with condoms for sure. Wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> but he's like literally one of the coolest people I know I couldn't tell you a single brand that he he wears but he sort of embodies cool and it doesn't matter to me what 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 he wears there's no shortcut to be like Leo Babalta I mean the 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 most direct path is to meditate for an hour a day and shave your head yeah write daily (laughs) and and to to be silent most of the time isn't it interesting how some of those people just it seems like naturally they're just cooler than everyone else. yeah what is that mm-hmm. I, I want to tap into that yeah although i mean justin bieber uh is i i get it i i uh i've been in a sauna with him before he was the only other person there i walk in this room i'm like that sure looks like oh <laughs> that's just and like we're the only two people at the, the russian bathhouse which is not far from here and and he does a few things really well he's he's really good at hiding like even in plain sight, he's able to hide really well. And unfortunately, like you said, he couldn't just go to a church in Arkansas or wherever because yeah. he would be mobbed. Cause, yeah. um, and and so there's quite the burden there as well. And so I, I think there's a an extra layer of cool that we assign to someone like that because they're forced to, um, I don't know, to learn these weird sort of tactics in order just to be semi-human they're not human to us because they're not treated like your average human being and it's got to be a difficult life i wouldn't wish that on on anyone yeah but it's interesting though like someone like bieber or james dean like they're cool because they're they're talented they're handsome yeah they're cool yes uh but you know i mean it's like with us in our black t-shirts like i see people who are like oh they come up online oh i adopted the outfit and they got a black t-shirt because they want, you know, they want to be cool like us. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but the truth is, is like, cool. I am who I am with or without the T-shirt. Sure. You know, and I think the same thing goes with Bieber. But unfortunately, people do see 
buying the same clothes as like a shortcut. Well, let me end on that. Um, so we, we, we touched on it a moment ago, but you have changed the culture uh, significantly, I think. And you made people start questioning materialism yeah. you, and, and how that relates to style. And is it possible to be stylish without materialism? And I, I look at someone like Erwin McManus, who I know you featured with, he was wearing those the, some expensive shoes, right? Mm -hmm. But most of the stuff he wears, he he's a guy who exudes cool in a, he might mm -hmm. be wearing a Target black t-shirt for all I know, right? And he exudes this, this the, there's this essence there, right? Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And, and so um, you've, not intentionally at first, but now you, you, you use the word stewardship a moment ago. Like you, you have to steward this thing now so that you continue to get people to ask questions yeah. where, where does this go from here in terms of the questions you want people to ask i guess i want people to kind of like kate bauer i want people to have language that that allows them to question the status quo i uh i didn't know that's what i wanted but that's what i was doing and i think it's a good practice uh, I want people, even if this is the best way to do church or to do evangelism or to do publish book publishing, I want people to feel okay about asking if this is the best way to do it. Yeah. And are you happy that you see someone that. like a, like a Judas Smith who has seemingly changed? I mean, he was sort of the fashion icon, right? I think and I that, called him the I think I called him the designer Don <laughs> in my first post about <laughs> it. Uh, you follow Joe Budden Fitz. No, on, but I know Instagram. Joe Budden. Yeah, so there's a Joe Budden uh, outfit. They it, it reminds me a lot of your writing. You've got to follow it. Okay, yeah. So well. so this guy has created this anonymous Joe Budden fits. It's <laughs> at Joe Budden fits okay. uh, on Instagram, and he writes these satirical posts that uh, I, I'm actually I wouldn't be surprised if you if we find out a year from now it's actually you making these <laughs> oh, there posts. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, this well, isn't following that. Oh. It's all part of the plan. Sinister um, plan. But do you how does it make you feel that maybe you actually change and I think maybe even for the better you made someone like Judah Smith start questioning like cuz I I believe you know, I see someone like him and it seems to me that his heart is pure and he's really he really wants to help people and he might have felt at one point in time Oh, this is the shortcut so I can connect with, with young people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But then he's maybe realizing, like, maybe there are no shortcuts. Maybe there are only direct paths. Yeah. And the better path, it's not that he is now bummy. He still looks great, but yeah. he's he may not be wearing the St. Laurent whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, If you see it as – if you see what I've done as a benefit, I feel honored. Like, I feel honored – like, I – never could have pictured myself having any type of reach or impact in this way. I feel honored to have the opportunity to try to get people to live their lives in a more discerning way. Mm. And if you think that I've hurt the church culture, uh, I would hope, I feel like you misunderstand what I was trying to do or what I'm trying to do mm -hmm. and hope that you would listen to the podcast and try to understand my perspective on things. But, uh, to say that I changed church culture, maybe so. And if that's the case, it's more than I ever deserved. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel honored to have any type of influence on culture. And I hope that it, you know, by the end of my life, I hope it was for the better. When did the account start? Was it 2018? 2019. March wow. of 2019. Wow, dude. So Just so, over a year. Wow, so that's yeah. I want you to think about it. So, so at the end of the last decade, and I, I'd like to think of things in decades. Orion and I started at the beginning of last decade, 2010. Mm -hmm. 
And throughout that decade, you know, a lot changed. Uh, we, as minimalists, we, we started focusing less on consumerism, which was still a problem, but there were these new problems of decadence and also, I would say, distraction. Mm. And I think the next movement in minimalism is really tackling w these distraction machines we've put in our pockets, right? Yeah. And, and, and now we're bombarded our most precious resource, we thought it was our money, the whole consumerism thing, mm -hmm. but the non-renewable resources are attention. Mm -hmm. And we're just, we're just letting it rain with our attention on every little discrete bit of input that we see. And, and so I think the shift that, that what you have done is you started bringing attention to something that maybe wasn't getting the attention it deserved. Now, some people are giving it too much attention and, yeah. and, and they're assigning these sort of nefarious motives to people. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, maybe it was just like, huh, maybe our priorities were a little bit all out of whack. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with having nice shoes. Right. But when the purpose of going to church has to do with showing off your nice shoes, that's when we've gotten lost yeah. in a way. Yeah, what I appreciate appreciate about your work is again like just providing the mirror for these pastors to look at themselves but you know what that mirror does is it helps them question their intent yeah. and to me that's what matters the, yeah. the, I mean intention has a lot to do with uh, what we do in life and someone like Smith may have looked I don't think he let the mob control him mm -hmm. I think he probably looked at himself and he's like okay what are my intentions yeah. with these with these you know crazy expensive shoes and outfits and stuff yeah, that's what I've hoped all of all the guys and girls featured would at least do. I, I, you know, was disappointed that so many people got angry about it. I, I wish they got it. Like some people said mean things. I wish no one ever said any mean things about anyone ever, mm -hmm. but I, I, I hoped that for all the guys and girls featured and for us, the commenters, the people that are posting that we would all examine why mm -hmm. we're posting, why we're buying, why we're doing what we're doing in life. Because I, I think refining that leads to wisdom like refining your intent leads to wisdom yeah. and some of that takes time and then some of it takes maybe something getting brought to light in an aggressive yeah. violent uncontrollable way yeah, yeah. no so. it's great i mean it's i think josh hit the nail on the head like we're doing the same thing because you know it's not a, like you know someone with a airplane collection uh not like a like a model airplane connection not yeah. like an actual airplane collection not jesse duplant yeah right but someone with like a model airplane collection josh and i we're not saying hey you shouldn't have an airplane collection what we're saying is is why do you have that airplane collection and that is uh that's all we can do is really help people get to the root of why they do the things they do. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's about helping people ask those questions and figure out what's appropriate for them. And mm -hmm. yeah. I think your account is, is highlighting that. So thank you for doing what you do and thank you for being yeah. here today. So it's an honor to be here. You're awesome. Love yeah. meeting you guys. Yeah. Likewise, brother. All right, y'all. Love people. Use things. Thanks, patrons. Couldn't do it without you. Don Minimalists. <laughs>